Hello there. Welcome to this episode of Horse Ghost Conversations. This is your host, Anthony King. And this week, I'm going to review some of the recent articles that have been released about the upcoming Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Before we get started, I'm inviting you to join the conversation with us. We can be found on Twitter at Force Ghost Pod. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok just by searching Force Ghost Conversations. I look forward to connecting with you on those platforms. Also, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your listening site of choice. And without further ado, it's time to gather around the campfire for some Force Ghost Conversations. Okay, everyone, we are back. And before we get into our discussion about some of the uh, recent articles about the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, a.k.a. what I am going to be calling up, like, you know, ramping up the excitement for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. We're in full swing to get us hyped and ready to go for May 27th. Um, So I hope you all are as well. So we got a couple articles that came out over the past week that uh, share some new insights about the series and what we can expect from it. But before we get into that, let's talk about some other news that took place this week in the Star Wars galaxy in our appropriately dubbed segment, Cloud City Gossip. Now first, there's some big news in the Star Wars game world this week. Uh, A new Star Wars game has been announced. Uh, According to StarWars.com, Skydance New Media announced a collaboration with Lucasfilm Games to develop and produce a narrative-driven action-adventure game featuring an original story in the Star Wars galaxy. Now, helming Skydance New Media is award-winning writer and director Amy Hennig, a game industry legend whose credits include the blockbuster series Legacy of Kane, Jack and Daxter, and Uncharted. Now, I, I've never played Uncharted, but I know it's a beloved game franchise across the world, and it is also um, a popular movie now at the at the cinema, so... Good, good for all that. I'm happy to see this collaboration and see where it goes and where it ends up. Now, uh, that's basically all the details that we have right now. But we will certainly be covering the story here on Force Coast Conversations as more details are unveiled and we look forward to the release of this game whenever it does come out. Also, if if you're out of the, been out of the loop for a few weeks, uh, Star Wars Celebration is just a few mere weeks away. Uh, basically, the end of May, so we're almost, we're a month out at this point. Basically, with that, several new guests were announced this week to be in attendance, and these are some big hitters here. Uh, the guest list now includes Sam Witwer, uh, aka the voice of Maul. Sidious and other Star Wars characters in the, the Star Wars galaxy. He voiced uh, specifically Maul in the Clone Wars and um, Star Wars Rebels. Matt Lanter, who voiced the character of Anakin Skywalker in the Clone Wars series and various other Star Wars projects. Katie O'Brien, who played one of Moff Gideon's officers in The Mandalorian. Kelly Marie Tran, who played the excellent Rose Tico in Star Wars The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. Billy Lord, who plays Lieutenant Connix in the sequel trilogy. And last but certainly not least, Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan Kenobi himself, will be there at the convention. I think that would be pretty obvious, but he will be doing autographs and photo sessions with fans. So if there are any available left, be sure to pick those up. I know it was $300 for either a photograph or an autograph. And uh, frankly, I feel like that's a pretty good deal, if you ask me. So autographs and photograph sessions with 
the majority of the actors in attendance are available now too. So be sure to check out officialpicks.com now in order to secure these opportunities for yourself. For example, uh, my wife and I will be meeting with Dee Bradley Baker over over the weekend. So we are very excited for that and uh, we hope to see you at, at the convention. So now on the other side of this break, we'll be back with our main topic for today, ramping up that excitement for Obi-Wan Kenobi and discussing some of the other articles that came out this week in a bit more detail. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Forest Ghost Conversations, everybody. I hope you're having a great week at home. I know it's starting to get warmer out and sunnier out. Um, in certain areas of the country. Uh, I hope you're able to get some fresh air and some sunshine. I always like the spring season when it comes to my fandom of Star Wars because it allows me to wear my Star Wars t-shirts out again in public. Um, And honestly, my mind is always set on the May month being um, Star Wars-esque month, the summer movie seasons in full swing. Then, you know, you get the the shorts out, the sun is shining. The days are a bit longer again. There's a lot of optimism that comes with when it comes to spring. And uh, it usually rejuvenates my love and interest in Star Wars again. Not that it would ever go away at all, but it, it's always exciting to to, to wear the, the swag again and just be excited for uh, all the things that are coming for in the world of Star Wars. So, for example, Obi-Wan Kenobi is coming out. Uh, May 27th, we get those first two episodes of the series, and I cannot wait everything that i keep hearing about the series just is more in line with what i want from this series what i would expect from this series and creatively what i would expect the creators to go in certain avenues and uh and to go down certain paths so over the course of this week there were two major articles i really wanted to highlight in the course of this episode really starting to ramp up this this hype train that we're going to be starting here on forest ghost conversations heading Force, you know, head force long straight into the Kenobi of it all. So you may have seen if you're on social media that making the rounds this week, there was an exclusive EW article um, titled Hayden Christensen binge Star Wars animated shows to prepare for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now we're going to get to Hayden's portion a bit later on um, in this article, because I wanted to talk about a bit more of the other highlights that came up in there, but it really talks about how Ewan and Hayden got prepped for re-entering the Star Wars galaxy again in a way that they never have before or since Revenge of the Sith, right? They were they kind of took some time away from Star Wars, even Hayden, even from acting a little bit. Um, and now they're 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 definitely welcome back into the fold as 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 members of the star wars galaxy they're appreciated in a way that they probably weren't in 2005 2006 and uh, they even did you know little bits and pieces in the sequel trilogy and force awakens as well as the uh, rise of skywalker so the seeds have been planted definitely but the as we're going to get into here the level of detail that they have gone into for prepping for these roles is really astounding so for example in the article, it notes that Ewan watched all nine Skywalker saga films to get back into the swing of things. And again, as you should, you should. You got to know exactly where you're at. I, I also know that Ewan is a it's probably his first time watching some of those films since the prequel trilogy came. I mean, that's obviously a quote here, too. It turns out it was the first time McGregor watched the prequels since they were originally released. And as he said, it was so interesting to watch our films because I hadn't seen them since they came out. 
uh, not at all. So it was cool to see and interesting to watch them and enjoy them without all the noise that was around when they came out. Obviously, it seems like the actors might have been affected by the negativity that surrounded it all. And now that us prequel kids are older, we're, we are, you know, we're buying things. We are the ones making decisions now. We're, we're, we're soon running the world here. The fact that we get to, you know, see our heroes again, uh, these, these fabulous characters and actors portray these characters at least one more time. You know, fingers crossed. You never know what the future holds, but. The fact that we get to do this all again is is really astounding. I would love to know what you and his headspace was watching those films again, because I know he's he's joked a bit about. I mean, I would say probably lovingly a loving tease about the um the green screen and the blue screen that he had to act on in uh in uh, the Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Um, and now that we have the, the the volume technology and what you know, they probably filmed on location for some of these, uh, or at least somewhere location wise for some of Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, you, you, I'm just gonna say you're probably gonna get a very interesting and great performance out of you, and not to do win anyways, but it's gonna probably gonna be heightened a bit more in a way that he probably never imagined possible back then. And they were at the cutting edge of technology as well. I mean, got to remember that this is really the first like massive digital project and it's literally changed cinema so ewan also started reviewing other science fiction material in in this article he notes so he said he started reading science fiction and he, he said that ian m banks a scottish writer uh, he started reading his science fiction novels and he something he didn't really do the first time he studied alec guinness and watched the original three films uh when they went the first roundabout for the prequel trilogy but he didn't really think about the genre at large and it's not something that he would normally do but this time he was so excited evidently about being back in a galaxy far far away because he really loves he's a star wars fan right he's got the familial connection to um to wedge obviously being his uh his uncle and he's obi-wan kenobi i love that story of um if you watch the I think it's Graham Norton, the like the interview that he did on that late night show where he was uh, explaining how he was, I think, driving into Hollywood or something like that. And you know, someone sped past him and he caught up to them at the light and he was yelling at him or something like that. And the the, the, the the person in the car looked over at him and he was in shock and he's like, that's Obi-Wan Kenobi. I mean, obviously, there's some language in there. Uh, we'll keep this a bit fam- a bit more family friendly than what was on the show. <laughs> But I just love that. You know, these are, for better or for worse, Ewan McGregor is the iconic face of Obi-Wan Kenobi now. At least, you know, he's a major factor of it. Obviously, he's not going to overtake Alec Guinness for what he did in the role as well. But, like, they both stand on their own when it comes to what they bring to the role of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And it's just really cool that, you know, he's willing to go outside the the bounds of what Star Wars is. I think George Lucas would appreciate that. You know, obviously, George has never been too shy about keeping his influences and wearing it on his sleeve. That's very much a George thing. And, you know, I think that they would say, like, especially like a Favreau and Filoni creative group would be like, if you're trying to create a Star Wars or emulate Star Wars, don't watch Star Wars right 
watch the things that inspired George Lucas to create Star Wars and then create your own thing or, you know, add something fresh and, and new to the universe. And I think Ewan's going to absolutely do that based off of what I am hearing in these quotes. So these are obviously fascinating things. And um, it just makes me more excited to see what he's going to bring to the role. Now, Hayden is also quoted in this article. I mean, he's obviously in the tight, like the title of it, of it all. Right. Um, so Hayden is quoted as saying he went back and we watched all the films too. Um, and, but he also got into the animated shows, the clone wars and rebels. Now Hayden also said, uh, it was interesting. They did a lot with these characters in those shows and they did further explore the relationship. There is interesting stuff there to learn about. It was great fun getting back, getting to go back and re-immerse yourself in this world that just continues to grow and become more and more vast. Now, Hayden is absolutely right here. What they were able to do with the Clone Wars, Star Wars Rebels, even Star Wars Resistance is what is the benefit of the television medium is you have time. You have time to explore character relationships Add more to the lore and the canon of the universe. Explore planets that and, and civilizations and cultures that you never would have been able to create new characters, fascinating characters, right? Ahsoka, Ezra, Kanan, list goes on and on. Hera, Sabine. <laughs> I would just love to know what he thought about in certain arcs of these series. I would love to know what he thought of during, like, for example, Mortis arc. I would love to know how he thought of basically be season seven of the Clone Wars. Um, it's just some ones that stand out to me specifically. Perhaps Ahsoka leaving the Order. I would the Ahsoka of it all. And I hope that you know in in future interviews that now that this information is out there that people will ask him about these things. I mean, if you're going to celebration, fingers crossed, Hayden will be there in some way, shape, or form. I know I'm personally saving my pennies so that I can meet with. Uh, Hayden, you know, if I if I I had this conversation with my with my wife yesterday, um, is like if we're spending our money, I assume that you know it's going to be three hundred dollars for the same on it, right? If that's the set price for you and McGregor, like you got to assume that's the same price that Hayden would would uh, would bargain for. And I was like, you know, the impact that each character's had on me is profound, but if I have to pick one of them, I'm holding my pennies for Hayden, right? So that's kind of. <laughs> I'm holding out hope, holding out hope. But, you know, if you're if you ever get the chance to meet him, maybe ask him those questions and, and see what, what he responds with. But I'm glad that he got to see, like, how the character has evolved and know the headspace that they're in at the time of this series, right? In both a pre and a post sense with the Clone Wars kind of finishing that story that he started in the prequel trilogy. And then Rebels being a nice, like, add-on epilogue in a way from where the Obi-Wan Kenobi series takes place, which will be smack dab in the middle about, you know, 10 years after, nine, 10 years or so after um, Revenge of the Sith. And, you know, about five years from the start of Star Wars Rebels, but Star Wars Rebels ends with um, basically the Rogue One and um, A New Hope, because they're basically back, right back to back of each other. You know, that is about smack dab in the middle of it of those 19 years. So... Very interesting. Very interesting. Would love to know more about his thoughts here. And also, it's always smart that 
you know, these actors are going back to the expanded universe of it all. I remember when like the pre- like the sequel trilogy was in massive full swing and like, you know, all the the books and the comics were really delving into some of these like side characters that were major players in the like say the first order, for example. And I remember like um Donald Gleason being asked about like uh, Hux as a character, which has been explored in other mediums and stuff like that. And they, you know, they, they were very candid about like they didn't know. And of course, no actor is, is required to delve into every literature and piece of lore and canon about their character. But it's always nice when they're they're adding that extra effort. Let's just say it doesn't go unnoticed by like fans that are really knee deep in it ourselves. Right. I think we appreciate that. At least I do. And I hope you do too at home. And, and again, you know, there are rumors out there that Hayden will be involved in the Ahsoka series some way, shape, or form. So it would make sense that he would be aware a bit more of who Snips is as a character. <laughs> so that when they're saying these things in dialogue, potentially, if they hypothetically in a future timeline if this were to happen if she calls him snips or if he calls her snips then she calls him back sky guy right if and when that were to happen they'd have a bit more context as to why they're saying those types of lines okay i think that's great i'm just glad that these two are back in the fold it's great to see their friendship rekindled in a way after um over 15 years since probably they last spoke to each other i would say I haven't heard any reason otherwise that they've been in contact with each other. Um, so it's just great that, you know, they're back in the fold and and uh, Star Wars is for the better for it. And can, we cannot wait for this series to come out. The other article that came out this week that is super important for, I would say, in the Star Wars lexicon, the Star Wars galaxy, what have you, is the fact that Natalie Holt has been officially confirmed as the composer for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And she did like a very candid interview in the, in the Hollywood trade publication variety this week. And, uh, you know, you may know Holt's work for recently. She did the phenomenal score. I would say in my opinion, I love this a lot for the Marvel TV series, Loki that is now on Disney plus go check that out. And, you know, there are the, two albums basically that you can listen to like episodes one through three and then four to six of, of Loki on um, Spotify, probably Apple, not Apple podcasts, but uh, Apple music or YouTube, you know, any place that you can probably find music it's available, I would imagine. So definitely go check that out if you want to, you know, see where her headspace might be. But I think that that was really a phenomenal piece of uh, musical literature. But with that, she will also be the first female composer for a Star Wars live action project. So we're literally going to have more history in this series to begin with, let alone with Deborah Child being the first female showrunner of um, an entire Star Wars live action project. So it's great that, uh, you know, we're getting more representation and and uh, that that type of uh, interaction behind the scenes and, and bringing those different voices and ideas into the, the larger galaxy of it all. That is star Wars. Now we have not heard anything yet for her work for the series. And she confirmed that, you know, there was some speculation that maybe there was something in the, the Kenobi trailer that came out a few weeks ago, but that was primarily just dual of faith and some other, 
prequel trilogy uh, anthems. I'm gonna I'm gonna declare. But I think that's a good thing that we haven't heard anything of her work. Let us be surprised when it comes to the actual show. I can't wait for it. I kind of like Boba Fett, right? And the Mandalorian. Like that was very exciting to to know that we're going into a whole new, very different side of the Star Wars galaxy that is super fresh and unique. At you know, we're very excited for. And let me. I'd rather be surprised to it rather than have expectations coming in for it. So I, I'm just. I'm going in ready to be amazed by the work that she's going to con- concoct together here. But we wouldn't have Star Wars without that special glue that George Lucas would often say, and that's her collaboration with John Williams. Now, she did note that uh, Obi-Wan is a legacy character and that John hadn't written a theme for him because he died so quite early on in Episode Four: A New Hope. And at this point, it's the only legacy character that he hadn't done in terms of a theme, I guess. Uh, maybe Chewie is getting a theme one of these days. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we'll, we'll, let that, we'll let that slide. So he, uh, they basically, John and uh, spoke to Kathleen Kennedy, Luke's film president, and said, he just wants to write a, he just wants to write Benny a theme, old Ben Kenobi. So, like, who can deny him that, right? Uh, and, and they did, and evidently he's John Williams is back to write the Obi Wan Kenobi theme again. Confirmed. This was a scoop that uh, was was out earlier that has now been confirmed, and it just embodies the spirit of the show entirely, according to um, Natalie Holt. Now, this isn't the first time that John has done something like this, where he's just written a theme and then let the other composer do whatever they want with variations of that theme and work in the same sandbox that John created with basically all nine other Skywalker saga films. This was done with more specifically with solo, a star Wars story with uh, composer, John Powell, where Han wrote the theme for Han, the adventures of Han solo, I believe is what the track is officially called. And I love the solo, a star Wars story score. As soon as I was in the theater and heard that theme for Han, I fell in love with it. The next day after seeing Solo, I drove to my local Target, bought that CD because it wasn't available yet on a vinyl, which is my preferred method of music collection and purchasing. It was only available on Spotify or CD at that point. I still have that Solo CD. It's in my car and I listen to it all the time. It's literally, aside from a Gary Clark Jr. CD, it's the only CD that I have at this point. And uh, it's it's great. So if that's the same type of collaborative work that they're going to be doing on this project, boy, count me in. I, can only, I can't even get more excited than that. Now, I'm very intrigued as to what the theme for him will be. It may be a bit more somber uh, or slightly with a bit like a hint of optimism in there, but that Han Adventures of Han one is so plucky and it's just so fun. I really like that one a lot. And it just shows what the character is at that point in time. Now, I hope we get that Han theme more later on as as more things uh, come out. Maybe, you know, make a solo two happen. Who knows? We'll see what the what the future holds. The future is always in motion. But, uh, you know, we're just going to just going to keep going, keep going. But the, the fact that he's involved in the project and. You know, Natalie Hole is very respectful of that, yet it seems like she's creating her own, um, adding her own voice to the Star Wars canon musically as well. 
that gets me super, super pumped for what this show is going to entail. She also noted in this interview that Ewan's just delivering the performance of his career. Again, what more could they possibly say to get me more excited for the show? I can I was on board when they just announced it. The fact, you know, when going back to Ewan saying, ask me if I'm going to play Obi-Wan Kenobi at D23. And Kathleen Kennedy said, are you going, are you going to play? He said, yes. Uh, wow. My heart dropped. It's been so long since I've been able to see this wonderful character again on the screen. Um, but uh, just, you know, confirming again that you know, he's going to be in the fold doing this all again. It makes my heart warm. But uh, Natalie Holt even said that, you know, she in the in the interview that she is a uh, musician herself. I believe it. Notice she plays the violin and maybe the cello or, or the viola. One of those. I'm sorry. I don't know off the top of my head. Um, but she's she know that she's also playing and singing on the score, too which is super cool. I love when people feel a sense of ownership that they want to add something to the mix themselves. That's great. And she also talked about how like there are certain influences that from the real world that she's adding into the score itself. So for example, there are some Latin influences in one of the planets. So there's some, some of that flavor in this, in this uh, soup. There are there's some uh, some some Thai, Hong Kong, some sounds that are more Eastern. So you're gonna get some so expect some of that in this score. And definitely, as she noted, you take flavors from around the world and then try to turn them into something otherworldly. You're on Star Wars. You're scoring a planet. It has to have scale, and that's absolutely correct, right? Let's think that through. Like, could you imagine being on? you know a planet that has taking influence from let's let's say like like say it's it's representing hong kong right you would expect some type of eastern sounds to be included in the backing and the score and and what is taking place around it right it's those little real world pieces that make this galaxy far far away not seem so far far away it makes it feel like it's sometimes it's in your backyard it's that lived in experience that really gives star wars that graininess that makes it feel like you know this could be me i could see myself portrayed on the screen i could see this taking place and it makes the themes more relevant so that you can take that and see almost see yourself in those situations and what would I do? What would, you know, given the information that's presented, well, how would I react here? Or even, you know, we talked about Qui-Gon last week and how a simple instance of patience was something that I was able to bring in my own life. Maybe there are things that affect Obi-Wan here. And, um, you know, you would hope that the emotional canon of it all is something that you can take back into your own daily existence and make yourself a better person because of that. That's what these stories are at the end of the day is, as George will always say, it's, it's a film for 12-year-olds on the precipice of becoming adults and going out into the world and trying to learn those big themes that are how you become a good person in a society. And that is, you know, these are the things that I am super excited about when it comes to this series, that literally no detail is overlooked. Everyone is knows the stakes and the weight of what this series is and how it's going to turn out is something that I'm very excited to see. But at the end of the day, I am super pumped just to see it overall now. We're on the road to May 27th now, folks. I assume over the next couple of weeks, we're going to get more and more uh, interviews as the press junkets and tours start to um, 
you know, go, go crazy. The celebration is just around the corner. So I know that they're doing some things at that Thursday panel um, just before the, the, the Friday release of it all. There's going to be two episodes that day um, on Friday, May 27th. So it's a lot coming. There's a lot more that's going to probably be coming out. I imagine we're probably going to get a poster of some sort again. Another poster probably. Maybe we'll get uh, some some TV spots. Maybe another even full-length trailer. Now's the time. We're, we're full steam ahead into Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series that I am... You know, if I have to rank what series I'm most excited for of the Star Wars projects that are announced right now, Obi-Wan Kenobi is there. And that's because I have such a fond memory of watching these movies. These are the films I've seen the most of any Star Wars uh, films uh, in the in the saga, Skywalker saga and beyond. I just can't wait for this. I am super excited. I hope you are at home, too. Uh, we're going to be covering it in depth on Force Ghost Conversations as we go into the next couple of weeks here. Um, so be sure to connect with us on our social channels. I can't wait to hear what you are all thinking about this process and what are you most excited for for Obi-Wan Kenobi? Let us know. Follow us on uh, Twitter. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Let's, let's start getting excited for this and we should be allowed to be excited as Star Wars fans. This is a lot of great stuff coming down the pipeline. By particularly for Obi-Wan Kenobi, this is probably some of the most anticipated stuff that Lucasfilm has put out and put together over the last couple of years. Um, so let's enjoy the moment. Let's 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 be like Qui-Gon and, and be available in the in the present. And uh, let's uh, let's look onward towards May 27th. It'll be here before we know it. So just, you know, get ready and let's uh, let's get hyped. So with that, everybody, we'll be back next time next week with a brand new episode in Forest Ghost Conversations. I hope you enjoyed this uh, deep dive look at some of the news that have come out this past week about the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And uh, like I said, we'll be back pretty soon with a brand new episode. We got a lot of great stuff coming up over the next couple of weeks, so stay tuned for all that. But in the meantime, check us out on all of our social uh, channels as noted before, and uh, may the force be with you all. Take care.